Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, a world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Chanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Hello, listeners and viewers. Welcome to the Unexplained World with your host, Ed Shanahan. It's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, everybody. Okay. We got a guest today. We pre-recorded this before we did, we're did. we doing the intro. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I play devil's advocate. And uh, Annette to sit back and like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> but... It went well. A lot uh, of great information. And I'll tell you what, with the medical profession. Well, first, Annette, 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 tell the people, tell the people who the guest is before you explain what. The guest is Nurse Mary. She's been with us before talking about COVID. Uh, she is my fabulous cousin. And she knows a lot about the human body and the healthcare system. She's in the medical field. so That's right. Yeah. So um, we figure bring her on um, as a guest, and it went. So sit back, enjoy. If you're driving, you're gonna have plenty of time to listen, because um, I believe it was about forty-five minutes to an hour. So that's all right. Um, Annette, you have an event coming up. I do. And I want to mention it before we go to our commercial. So go ahead and talk about it. Okay, so I was going to share my screen now. I'm getting a message that host has disabled the participant sharing. Let so me, if, let me if you can flip it on. I will. My event is coming up on June 12th, 2021. It is the Gnomes Day Out Fairy Festival. Now this year we have expanded it through the support of the Indiana Arts Commission to include local artists exhibiting their work in the fantasy and nature categories. Um, also, we'll have a nice marketplace where you can get some uh, handcrafted, cool baubles and jewelry and artwork and all, all kinds of wonderful things. Um, and then the fairy festival is meant for young families I'm going to give it a try again. Oh, mm -hmm. it's, it's working, Ned. Great. Here you go. You are seeing the family outdoor adventure. So the fairy festival itself has been going on. This will be the fifth year. Uh, should have been our sixth, but we had to cancel last year, of course. Um, it's going to be in Hawthorne Park, which is in Porter, Indiana. So you can come and park for free. You can enter for free. You can see the art exhibit. Um, try out our marketplace, all without paying an admission. But when you bring your little one into the Fairy Festival area, we're going to ask for a $15 donation per child. Um, the Isaac Walton League of America Porter County Chapter is a on-the-ground, conservation-only chapter. We own five properties, and we do a lot of conservation education, especially with youth. We get kids out of the classroom into the field, learn water testing and soil sampling. 
Um, we teach people about conservation and awareness for bats and pollinators and general wildlife. So much is going on. Um, so the, that donation, that $15 donation goes towards our work with the community um, in both allowing folks to come out and enjoy our property for recreation and citizen science, as well as we educate outside of those properties as well. So you're doing a good thing by giving us the donation and your young family will enjoy making arts and crafts and hanging out with the fairy troupe. Um, we'll have to shrink you to fairy size. So everything around you is gonna be ginormous. Um, you'll probably find things like oversized mushrooms and giant pennies that have been fallen behind by your normal average human. So there's a lot of fun going on. Um, games, activities, things to discover, a scavenger hunt, the Lost Fairy Camps, so much storytelling, music, juggling, um, so much, so much, it'll blow your mind. So we, you can see us on Facebook at Gnomes Day Out. Just take Gnomes Day Out and squish it together and you will find us. Um, you can also find out more about Porter County Chapter Isaac Walton by going to nwiconservation.org. Um, and we're gonna run that festival between noon and 7 p.m. So it's a great, nice long day under the giant oaks at Hawthorne Park uh, in Porter, Indiana. That's in Porter County. Okay. Okay, you can take the screen now. Can you take the big picture down? All right, there we go. All right. Listeners, we'll be back after this commercial because we've got to pay some bills. Thank you. Hello, listeners and viewers. Welcome back. Um, we have Nurse, Nurse Mary on the phone, and I'm going to leave Annette do the introduction. Go ahead, Annette. Well, Mary is a master's prepared nurse in clinical medicine, and she has decades of experience with infectious and contagious diseases. So I want to start, Mary, um, by asking you, what's the most important thing that you think you'd want our listeners to take away from this podcast today? And then we'll get into some particulars. Well, most importantly, besides keeping up, wearing your mask, social distance, and hand washing, because it does work. Get vaccinated as soon as possible. You know, don't delay as soon as you can. Get on board with it. Register in your community. Go look up various websites. I mean, they're even giving this out at like Walgreens, Walmart, Myers. Get yourself set up and registered to get vaccinated. And just so folks know out there, Donald and Melania Trump were vaccinated before they left the White House. They just kept it private, but we do record all vac vaccinations for tracking purposes, and it's been confirmed. So if, if you feel it's good enough for your former president, then it should be good enough for you. Okay, it's enough of that. <laughs> what do you think are the current statistics on the pandemic? You, you know, the numbers continue to rise, and they're going to continue to rise till we get about 80% of our population inoculated. Um, right now in the United States, infections are over 29 and a half million. What concerns me too, and we'll speak on that later, 
Of that 29.5 million since the start of this pandemic, 10.2 million have recovered. And so far we have over 531,906 deceased as of today. Okay. And globally, yeah. globally, we're, yeah, globally, the bigger picture, because what people don't understand, a pandemic means global. And it means as long as you're of human flesh, you can affect or get infected. Globally, 117 million recovered. There has been like 82.6 million death. No, I'm sorry, 82.6 million recovered and 2.5, there's over two and a half million deceased. Hmm. Oh, that's not as much as I thought, actually. Well, it's still multiplying and in progress. And, you know, the hard part is we don't really know the full numbers because people were probably being infected and passing away before we even realized we had a pandemic going on. Okay. And a lot of stuff doesn't get recorded. We'll never know truly until the very end. It'll be like the uh, Spanish flu. Right. And the Spanish flu, initially they thought the range on the... Spanish flu is 50 to 100 million deaths globally. Okay. How about, how far are we into the vaccination process at this point? Well, for the, I don't know other countries per se, but in the United States, we're over uh, 87 million first doses, which is good because at least they're building up some immunity. Yeah. We have a long way to go. The current administration, I have to say, they're doing their best and they're doing a pretty good job. It's, it's when we fragment off into the state government that, you know, they're kind of, I don't want to say the right, we're putting the cart in front of the horse with the state. We need one plan and we need to stick to it because it's a virus that doesn't care about politics or what state you're in or who, who's your leader. Viruses just like to repl replicate and mutate. That's all they do. <laughs> now, do you think we can um, achieve herd immunity without the vaccines? Oh, no, no. The problem with that I mean, conceptually, that's a beautiful idea with livestock. But, you know, we're, we're dealing, and that's where it originated from, was the study of infections in livestock. That's thus the term herd immunity. But for us, no, because you're going to end up overwhelming the healthcare system, supply and demand, basically. You're going to end up having a lot more infections, a lot more hospitalizations, a lot more deaths, a lot more deaths in general because people can't get access to an emergency room. Say if you get in a car accident, you're giving birth, you have to have an emergency surgery, you're injured at work, shootings, stabbings, and so on. You all go, we all go to the same healthcare system. Right. And once you overwhelm it, it collapses. There's only so many doctors and nurses. And when you overwhelm that system, how good a care are you going to get? You know, if you assign me 50 people, how good a care are you going to get? You're not going to get care. No. They're going to run out of medical supply and masks. And that's why in the beginning, and I want to clarify for people so they understand, and it's a bit misleading. The reason they said no masks in the beginning, and if you're not a healthcare worker, you would know you need a mask, was because they didn't have enough masks. So when you're doing a frontal assault on an enemy, you've got to have the right equipment. So they shifted it off to your healthcare personnel. And even then, we did not have enough. There are doctors and nurses dying from this just as regular civilians. So that's why the mask is so important. It's a barrier that protects us from hopefully getting into your lungs. And if it does, it's not a huge viral load because that's going to spell your, your fate. Hmm. Interesting. 
And it's the incubation phase of each each little pocket. You know, we're going to see later on, there's, there's probably going to be a resurgence coming, but we'll get on into that later in this uh, discussion. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw a couple things out. Okay. 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 Because uh, majority of it I'll say for our uh, individual we'll have on in the future um, on conspiracies. But the thing is, report came out yesterday. Well, I heard this exactly on one of the head honcho doctors in the state of Illinois said 80% of the people that died were from nursing homes in Illinois. That means 20% were just everyday thing, everyday, you know, situations, uh, people dying. So you know, are, we, are we going know. over, are we going overboard on people, you know, finding Dan because he, and he pretty much hinted that it's an experimental drug still for the simple fact he says, yeah, we gave these seniors the shots and we're, we're, we're grateful that, you know, we're happy that they're responding great to it. It's like, okay, what were, <laughs> so they're your guinea pigs. Okay. Um, no, I would not say that they are guinea pigs. Well, if, 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 we're, if we're happy that they're responding great to it. Okay. Well, they are. If we, well if that we makes them, um, we didn't know what was going to happen when we gave it to them. Okay. First of all, we did know all the, what could happen. Anything you put in your body could give you a horrible side effect. I want to make that one clear. For every human being, and this is good information just as in general. When you come to a doctor's office, a nurse sees you, a doctor sees you, in the assessment, we ask you, do you have any allergies? And you'll say, well, no, not. And we put on your chart the letters N-K-A. It means no known allergies. Does it mean you're not potentially allergic to anything? No, it means you have not yet had a known allergic reaction to anything. So if I give you something brand new that your body has never encountered, can you have an allergic reaction? Yes, you can. The other point is, you know, I've seen a lot of so-called medical experts get up and they're not medical experts. Oh, this was w, this was WGM radio. I mean, it was like uh, okay, it went what? right to the state officials. Yeah. No, you know what? So you have to look at the overall numbers because if we were having massive deaths from the vaccination, think about it. this. Sounds kind of off to me. If we've given out over eighty-seven. No, no, no. What I'm talking, what I'm talking about, Mary, when I okay. what he was commenting on, eighty percent of people that have died from it in the state of Illinois were in homes. Senior homes. So we went through all uh, this for just twenty, you know, twenty percent that are basically. We went through all this for eighty percent of people that aren't on it, that aren't out in the community. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually confused with your question because. Oh no, no. What I'm saying is, have we gone overboard for the simple? No, the, we with haven't. The, got, with, the, with the. Uh, you know, Definitely. out in the community s- scenario compared to mm-hmm. since 80% of people that have died are in nursing homes. They're not people oh, out in... Not. We have not gone, we've not gone overboard. This virus mutates. And then you have outside nursing home people coming in to take care of the elderly. Then you have the outside nursing home people who are in contact with their family and their parents. Then you have everybody going to events, going to grocery stores buying gasoline, all of that. 
you know, there was this old. I'm not saying that we won't come down with it, but the ones that it's killing seems like it's the ones that are in the nursing homes. Yes. Yeah. Because they're they're, another radio news show had on there that if you took the amount of people under, because it's just the numbers are out there now. The people under 65, they have died from COVID. The numbers of deaths in the country or the world is no different than normal. Here, here is my answer. Mm-hmm. And this, no one's going to force anyone to take a shot. Right, right. Here, here's the answer to that. The, it, it affects and impacts predominantly the elderly right now. These things mutate. That's what variants are. However, if you're, the reason they are dying is because they have a lesser immune system. Mm-hmm. Now, can they infect others with it? Yes. This is like, you know, I'm going to go off on a different tangent for a moment to explain how <laughs> viruses operate. Yeah. Because I, the talk radios, there's stuff all over Facebook. I, I'm seeing a lot of garbage come out. I go, I use my medical resources. I, I use the CDC. I use the National Health Institute. I follow the guidelines that I've been taught for my degrees in science as reliable scientific sources. Mm-hmm. And on regular TV, I actually, I hear some crap too. I'll tell you the truth. And that one is regarding like the Johnson and Johnson um, vaccine. Oh, it's made from aborted babies. No, here's the deal. We have started cellular research so long ago. We don't purposely abort babies to make vaccines. But at some point back in the 70s, it was 72, 75-ish, we collect cells. We have seeds from the beginning, from the times of the pilgrims for plants. We document, library, harvest, everything. Known to humanity, pretty much. And we're still looking for more to document, like in outer space. So my, my, my whole point, I, I, like I said, going off on a tangent, and I've lost it. It's like cockroaches. If you get cockroaches, you don't know what type of cockroach. Just know that it's a cockroach. It belongs to a cockroach family. And you put pesticide on it, right? It's to wipe out that bug from replicating. If you don't get all those cockroaches or the majority, those the ones that survive replicate the virus in a new strain that's stronger. So when I take my pesticide to put on that cockroach, not going to kill it. Might slow it down a little bit. But now that cockroach is having more babies and more babies and more babies. And this is something we need to actually stay ahead of. You can't isolate it and say, well, just the elderly population. This is happening in children. It is happening in healthy young adults. I mean, if that were the case, why would we have an MBA bubble? Why would we be so protective of of these high-ranking people in our society? Because they're high ranking people, and then you can afford well, they it. Are. Think, think Some people it. don't like getting don't. sick, but if it's caused, okay, I'm going to stop because, like I said, this is for another show. And right. I'll, leave yeah, an echo, like- I'll leave an echo on with the questioning. Okay. Right. Because that, I just, that one, I, you have to look more deeply and give me the source. Oh, I wish I, yeah. Not, because that doesn't follow. Yeah, although it affects people who have a more poor immune system, yes, you're most vulnerable. It still impacts every human being walking on this earth. 
That's why we're researching it and developing immunizations for children as we are speaking. And the other thing that I'm going to throw out and that I want people really to understand, if you are so worried about getting a shot, why are you not concerned when you get sick and take an antibiotic? Why do you take over-the-counter supplements? The food that we eat, you don't even know what's in a McDonald's hamburger. But we, we're fearful of a shot. Here's the chances that a lot of healthy people are getting very ill and we're not able to undo the damages. This thing's not going to go away without people getting vaccinated. It will mutate. It will get stronger. Yeah. And that's my biggest concern because we're very good at letting cats out of the bath. The biggest part right now society has to do globally is get the cat back in the bag. And that's hard to do. Yeah. Mary, if everybody receives their vaccination, do you think we'll need to continue to have, will they have booster needed boosters after that? And will it ever really go ahead? Definitely. Definitely. We're, I think we're always going to need to have boosters. It's like the annual flu shot. Okay. Um, the World Health Organization, in collaboration with CDCs around the world, we study and collect what is the most deadly potent virus for flu season. And it's a shot in the dark. We, we pull out the three major strains yeah. and we develop, we develop a vaccine. And every year you get one. On average, the normal flu takes 12 to 60,000 lives globally. The normal flu, yeah, you feel crap, you get over it. Again, 12 to 60,000 doses are usually, our infections are usually related to severe infections, pneumonias, compromise. It, it, it kills up to 60,000 people a year. Unless you know the DNA makeup of every human being, it, it, it's going to adapt and change to its needs to survive as a virus. So that's why with the older population and their immunity question before, yeah, it's mainly them, but it doesn't matter. It's a human virus, which means it's contagious. And it adapts like we adapt, you know? Right. Okay. COVID has been a thing long before 2019. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we knew about it far back as the development of pine salt because it was on the label, I know. Um, you know, it never really is going to go away. It's just going to mutate itself and present itself in more dramatic ways, right? Well, you know, ideally what we want to do is get everyone vaccinated. And then the base, this is a novel virus. The word novel means it's brand new. Okay. We don't know what it's capable of fully. And in a year or two from now, I, I think we're going to see some nasty stuff coming out of this. But the idea is for everyone to get a baseline immunity and build it like we already have to the common cold and flu. So that if you do get it, it's minor sniffles, aches, fever, chills, typical symptoms that do not require hospitalizations, that mm -hmm. will not require being put on a ventilator or into a body bag. And it doesn't, you know, I, I for me, when I see people argue it, my, my thing is, I'd rather get a shot in the arm where they're observing me for an allergic reaction than risk being on a ventilator, than risk long-term permanent damage that could stay with me the rest of my life because COVID is doing this to some people and no one knows who it's going to be. I mean, as human beings, I always found it very interesting is that we always think it's going to happen to only one part of the population or only to certain people and it'll never happen to me. And all I can say in all my years of taking care of people 
is, uh, and my father once said this, and he, he hit it on the head. Today it's me, but tomorrow it's you. Um, and as far as COVID has been around, do you, do you know what the H1N1 virus evolved from? No. The Spanish flu. Oh, boy. That's part of why we invented vaccines. And a good one to put out there for people, oh, conspiracies and the government. No. The reason we started CDC, the World Health Organization, um, your, your, your department, all of this was to prevent a mass extinction event. There are more than one ways to have a mass extinction event, and one is viral. One is having infections, plagues, diseases. But we're at a time now where... We have the science to, to counterattack the virus or plague without losing 50 to 100 million people. But it seems that with, I don't know, my frustration is with all the intelligence we have, we have really dumbed ourselves down in this arena. I mean, the fact that we even politicize the virus, to me, is frightening. For me, it's as simple as if I cut my flesh deep enough, I know that I will bleed. You know, but, the, it seems, but the politicians are the ones that politicalized it. I mean, everything from it, when I had it, from it being fake news, it don't exist. Back in, uh, when was it, January, February? Okay. To, you know, I, now, imagine. Now imagine where it's at today. It yeah, look where we're at. Here's my other point. If we took this serious and we listened, listened to our medical professionals and scientists, if we had done that, do you think it would be this bad now? Uh, Do you think it would probably. Just like the No, flu. I don't. No, you know what? It's preparation. You know, we know that we're going for the, the, the rest of existence have infections. And there'll be strains. And it'll mutate. And there'll be, we know all of this already. The goal is to always stay ahead of it. You know, it's like if you're... A, it's like swimming in the deep water too long and thinking that you're going to get out okay. You want to start off at the shallow end of the pool. Yeah. And that's what we need. I, I, and people are talking about cost. You know, I, I'm not following any scripted guidelines at this point. You want to talk about cost. Well, now we're going to go into $6 billion in COVID relief. Because why? Mask mandates? You know, I, I want to question the sanity of our country right now. It's a mask. It doesn't make it, masks don't make people sick. It don't infect them. Why do you think in the hospitals with an isolation and reverse isolation, you see doctors and nurses wearing all of this gear? It's to protect us from getting infected and it's to protect you from getting infected. Believe me, no one wants to put all that isolation gear on, but it saves lives. A simple thing is a mask. And we once had, we are entering the golden age of pandemics. There will be more to follow. And that's what the global experts say. Who are, who are our pandemic experts? You know, not GPs, uh, podiatrists, dentists, whatnot. I follow that science. And I, I, like I said, you're going to have to re-put me on track here because I find it a little bit upsetting that we take this so lightly. You know, vaccines, like the anti-vax movement. Who was that girl? McCarthy, McCartney, her oh, child had autism. Yeah. 
She yeah, started. Yeah. She's one of the starters of the anti-vax movement. Yeah. We have we have researched her claims religiously. And they're false. None, none of them were true. However, when people get into the the Google, they she went to the University of Google. Her her. Those are her words. There's 500 false websites people are going to. Oh, don't take the vaccine. It'll give you COVID. Oh, it's just vaccines save lives. Bottom line. And you look about, I think we're all in the same age group. I got vaccinated as a kid. Yeah. You guys did. Yeah. And it eradicated polio. Yeah. You know, I read. How long did it take to, how long did it take to get that? To create that vaccine? I'm not sure, but you know what? That was pretty quick. The soft vaccine, and that was free too. We didn't charge anyone. But the point is that it eradicated it. HIV virus is a virus that's still here. But now the science, and that's a sad story too, when you think about it. It took us five years to develop a drug, but why? We work on the stuff very hard. And when you, for us, we have vaccines so early because it's a global effort for the COVID-19. Now, if the whole world is this worried about it, I would take this seriously. HIV became serious after, uh, I'll just say the gay community in general, people really didn't care that much back then. But when it started to infect closet homosexuals, when it started to infect bisexuals, spreading it home to their wives, and now babies being born with it, we now have like Victarvi. We have medications that reduce the virus to undetectable in your bloodstream, which means you're going to have a long, happy life if you take your medicine. Well, Mary, thinking about taking the vaccine, um, I have not had one yet, but okay. what are the kinds of things, what are good directions to follow to get ready to have the vaccine? Because I've heard a few people who've had it say, oh, I didn't like the chills or I felt fine on the first one, but not the second one. Everybody's different, right? So what are right. we well, you know, to kind of prepare my system? Well, first of all, be healthy. Stay healthy because that helps even if you do get it, it helps you recover. But most importantly, you know, well, 72 hours, I say 24 is fine before you get vaccinated. Do not take Tylenol, Motrin, ibuprofen, acetaminophen, all of that, because it, it lowers your immune response to the vaccine. After you're vaccinated, treat it. After you get your shot, take some Tylenol, take some Motrin, have some orange juice, do what you would do for flu symptoms. All vaccines create a flu-like symptom, and it's different. Like um, we found in the elderly population, yeah, at first you might have redness, swelling, some soreness at your injection site. That yeah. occurs one to, two, one to two days after your shot. The second is, the second shot is when you might get more symptoms. You're going to get fever, chills, fatigue, all of that. Mm -hmm. But what do you want to do to prepare for that? One is stay healthy. Minimize alcohol intake that lowers your immune system. Mm -hmm. um, depending where you're at in line for all this take I, I recommend to people curcumin yeah. which is turmeric with piperine which is pepper it's 500 milligrams you do it twice a day after meals curcumin is part of Ayurvedic medicine or turmeric it's a spice so unless you're allergic to turmeric it's safe to take on any drug regimen and what it does it prevents basically the cytokine storm 
And we'll talk about that a little bit. But the skin storm is really what kills people. Hmm. Those are the people who don't. Go on. They tell me more about that cytokine storm thing. You know, all of our bodies have cytokines in them. And it's part of our normal immune response. But with COVID, when it gets into the lungs and the cell linings and so on and whatnot, it creates a super inflammatory response. Mm. And it it attacks your entire body all at once which means your heart, your lungs, your brain, your organs, your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And your body doesn't stand a chance. And who goes into cytokine storm? Well, it could be people in their 50s. My other concern with a lot of people is, oh, well, you know, I'm not elderly, I'm not this. Most people don't know their own home whole health history. For Mm -hmm. example, say you get infected, if you have bad teeth, can't afford, haven't been to the dentist in a while, or you may have broken teeth or stuff like that. You get bacterial pockets in your gums. Those people are six to 16 times more likely to end up on a ventilator because you're giving it a, you're going to end because you're boosting the infection. You got another enemy joining the war, attacking your body. Wow. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And there's actually a mouthwash that dentists recommend for people with bad gums, uh, teeth, and toothpaste. It's called, um, oh, what is it? I have to look it up. It's a silver, Mosey's. I think it's called Mosey's. M-O-S-Y-S. I'm looking for my little card. And that's something I do. Because I have dental issues. I'm ongoingly getting treated. And it's a rinse. You can rinse your mouth out. It clears out the bacteria. That's one of my preventatives. So that, uh, the curcumin, and also vitamin D. Vitamin D forever. And just take the normal daily dose. Even that helps. It's 1,000 units a day. Vitamin D is way better than vitamin C in fighting infection, fighting cancers. Um, Forever. The D3? D3, yes. And the research shows prior to COVID, all the respiratory infections take vitamin D. It doesn't really get, if you do get infected, it decreases the severity of infection and the length of infection. Now let's bounce back to curcumin. I'm not telling anyone this is your cure. Get vaccinated. You really should for your own health and well-being. With uh, curcumin, it helps. It's a natural anti-inflammatory. It prevents cytokine storm. It stops people, which means, and and as far as being an anti-inflammatory, you don't end up with pulmonary embolisms and clots that travel. You won't end up with a potential amputation of a limb, which we've seen in children and 30-year-old adults. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is nobody knows how COVID is going to impact them individually. And that's why I tell people, get the vaccine. I'd rather have a shot than end up in a hospital or alone on a ventilator because you are strictly isolated in there. And you get to say goodbye to your loved ones before they put you on a vent. There's a question right there. There's a question I have. If the masks are so good and reverse isolation so good in that, why are we forbidden to see our loved ones in the hospital? Well, I, I can take a couple good guesses. 
Uh, one is most people don't wear their mask correctly anyway. I, I just, every time I see somebody wearing that mask under their nose and just covering their mouth. But I, I mean, if, if, if I, like when my granddaughter was in reverse isolation, I had to mm-hmm. wear the whole outfit. Okay. Exactly. When she, when she was young. Okay. Mm-hmm. If the mask was so good, why couldn't I go see the person that's dying anyways before they die? Well, that one, that one I don't know. That that one in that case was really up to the individual healthcare prescriber, the doctor, the hospital. I thought that's all the hospitals. Well, we're, we're talking reverse isolation too. If I know someone's going to pass away, it's reverse isolation from a cancer or a non-contagious disease. The thing is, this is a novel. It's a new virus. We fully don't know what this is 100% capable of yet. So basically, vaccines are to lay down a baseline immunity. When you're a baby, you have no immunity. None. You build it up through your mother's milk. You build it up through slow exposure to to grade school and and whatnot. And then you get infected and you, you recover and you build more immunity until a common cold is just that. Uh, why in that case with her? I, I honestly, Ed, I don't know. I think that's terrible. No, that's because all the hospitals are not. Even um, a lady, I just went to the guy, and that knows the gentleman that died. Uh, I went to his wake, and um, his, well, wife, the other part- his, his wife works for the hospital, and he was in there. He respiratory, definitely, and he had COVID. And she's told me she wished she didn't have the respiratory and just had the COVID because he'd still be alive. So, um, well, that, but, that's but, that's but that's she that's wasn't that's allowed to see him or nothing. And no, that's, none of the patients are because there's still a chance of spreading it. But if you're wearing all that gear like you guys do, why there's not? still a chance of catching it. When you see like N95, those numbers mean something. There's a 95% chance you won't get it. And that's partially why we're asking people to double mask right now. This is invisible. You can't see a virus. And then you're taking the risk. And it's hospital liability, I'm sure, as well. But it's contagion, and you try to contain it. You know, the more people who come in the hospital, the more carriers of COVID are entering the hospital. And and, and same thing with the patients. It's that contact. Until you can – the risk – outweighs the benefit and, and, and right now that's their safety protocol i mean hospitals in general you can catch quite a few bad bugs in hospitals in general mm-hmm. as a healthy mm-hmm. adult and i think a lot of that is to try to prevent the spread stop the spread to the people taking care of the sick because once you take all your your worker ants out there's no one left to carry the breadcrumbs so to speak you know what i mean but with this, they don't, again, this is new to us. It's, we've only been dealing with this for a year. And I'll throw a, a, a stranger question back at you. Mm-hmm. When COVID first came out, and then we can go into that one conspiracy theory that I love because there's meat to that, is how come in December, we, we, China already knew about it. They knew about it for a little bit more than they're sharing with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How When you see a country put up seven emergency hospitals in 11 days. What does that tell you? Those hospitals were specific for containing and treating COVID. 
So if it wasn't like you're now consider that in relationship with why won't they let people come into the bedside? Why would a country set up hospitals separate from the regular hospital? They know how contagious it is, right? Because you you needed a place to put the people, so the normal people that came down with heart attacks and stuff like that. And so they had a room that had room to go. Right, and so they would not get infected. You isolate the infection to stop an infection from spreading. The only way a virus travels is from person to person. And as far as the human experience, nothing is 100%. Just like kills Lysol. Oh, it's 99.9% effective. What about that 0.1% that's not? Yes, 0.1% may not. Of the that's virus probably human error. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. 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 You know. Put it in the hands of humans and screw it. <laughs> Well, well, definitely. I mean, some parts of the pandemic, people thought, oh, I'm not going to drink Corona beer. I won't get no coronavirus if I don't drink a Corona beer. And I saw that. And I just like, oh, my God. People believe this? Like, Here, give me a Corona. I will drink one right in front of you. <laughs> Mary, do you think if when I receive the vaccine and I've been through the whole protocol, I come out the other end, I will continue to wear my mask so that people feel comfortable. But is there now a necessity for that? Once you're vaccinated, I would definitely continue to wear my mask out in public. In fact, what we encourage people to do right now is if people in your bubble, if everyone in your bubble has been vaccinated mm-hmm. and they're done with it, that bubble is pretty much safe to take off the mask and gather and go back to normalcy within that group. Okay. But again, you're, think about it. Your aim is, well, some say seven out of 10, eight out of 10, 80% is your goal. But what I, for me, it amazes me all that we have like 171 vaccines in the tube, in the works, globally. And other countries are developing their own. And of course, politics has to influence medicine, even though politics has no clue about it, right. which has been a big impediment. We'd have this under better control if we didn't have so much false information and conspiracy theory out there yes true. but think about 80 percent of the global population is what six point six point two four billion people global population right now is 7.8 billion and more currently the shots you would need for that ideal situation would be 6.24 billion it will happen because it has to but again, you have so many conspiracies and fragments of information. And that's how conspiracies start. It's a fragment. Right now, Johnson Johnson does use a line from fetal cells. These cells are from 1972 or 1975. We can grow cells off another cells. And ideally, the goal of all the vaccines is to keep you functioning, keep you well enough. If you do get it, it's like a minor thing. It's not going to permanently damage you or send you to the cemetery. Right. Hmm. So which one do you think is the right vaccine to take? You know, at this point, any vaccine. Whichever one I can get. Anyone you can get. Because Johnson & Johnson, they say, oh, 75%. Well, that vaccine came out later. 
it's made differently. Not that it, that's that big a deal, but baseline, they haven't studied its total percentage of how many it prevents. They know that in most cases, it will prevent you from becoming seriously infected enough to put you in the hospital or cause death. And we need that. And the boosters will come too. We'll probably most likely need that because we have not been consistent in how we've attacked this. I mean, people can make fun of China, but China knows how to get things under control when it has to. It's respectable. Do they share all their information with us? No, but we've created that since the beginning of time. So if, I'm sorry, where were we at? Well, I was just going to ask how far up the road would I consider the booster? So if I got vaccinated and got through my one and number two this week, let's just suppose, uh, or whatever, this month, am I looking at in a year I should think about a booster or five? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh. What I would do is get it with the flu shot. Okay. You know, same, both of them. And, you know, and people need to realize, too, it's your own level of health. We can say the elderly, but are you overweight? Do you have a history of smoking? Do you drink? Are you diabetic? Are you obese? Do you have asthma, bronchitis, any COPD, mm -hmm. hypertension, heart disease, cancer? You can go through someone's medical history, and, and I can do it, but most people don't think they have anything wrong with them because most people nowadays, well, you really don't know. And is the person who's interviewing you doing your physical assessment, are they asking all the right questions? Are they recording it all correctly? Do you know your medical history correctly? Think about it. Most of us now, there's a 50-50 chance of coming, being a child of divorcees. And we have become so disconnected that most people don't know their entire medical family history, let alone their own. That's correct. Sure. Wow. So, okay, what if, if I have my first vaccination, mm -hmm. what happens if they run out of the vaccine before I get my second shot? Well, the, the plan is to not run out of the vaccine, but if they do, the vaccines were created that the suggested time allotment, oh, what's Pfizer, 28 days until your second okay. shot? Moderna, I think, is 21 days till your second shot. Johnson and Johnson, you're one and done. And that makes that beautiful for people who have a hard time getting back and forth and to the shot. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. That's the minimal, that's the minimal amount of time set, the 28, 21 days. Minimal. You can wait. You can right. You, you can wait until the next shot is available, as you should only take the second shot of the same vaccine. So yeah, if if you didn't get it in 28 days, could you get it in 40 days? Yes. It's designed that way. The second shot is a booster in itself. Most people react, have reactions after their second shot. But what they found in general is that older adults don't have as, as a severe reaction to the vaccine. It's younger people. Mm -hmm. And again, and for younger people, that second shot, yeah, they could get a doozy flu-like symptoms, fever, chills, aches, pains, the whole nine yards. But instead of saying, oh, I don't want that to happen, that's nothing to a severe COVID infection. And also, that's a sign that your immune system is kicking in and building up immunity against the virus. Cool. So, so like you would do with a normal flu. Okay, I got fevers, aches, and chills. I'm going to take myself some Tylenol. I'm going to have some chicken soup. I'm going to rest and take it easy. Get my vitamins. 
Exactly. Eat good. My D3 is right. Yeah, keep your stress down and don't overwhelm yourself with the social media out there. I have seen such nonsense out there. It's like we created the World Health Organization to prevent global pandemics. I, I wanted to cry when the former administration said, oh, we don't need to be a part of the World Health Organization. As long as we are in the class called human beings, we need that. That's how we control and manage diseases of all kinds, communicable diseases, sexually transmitted diseases, foodborne illness, airborne. And that's also how we track biological weapons. And, you know, I don't know if you want to get into the one conspiracy question. There's one conspiracy question that I do want to answer today. And I'm going to give you the exact precise answer. And not through a Chinese telephone. Oh, I heard they said, they said, I'm coming from the source. In the beginning, we said China made this. Well, China said we made it. And we distributed it during the 2019 military games with other countries. It's almost like the Olympics. And we dispersed it there and started this event. Um, Then people said it's conspiracy. But that information was coming from China that it was wasn't their fault it was from fact all the information we had on the virus at that time was only from china because again the former administration at the start of this took our cdc staff uh people from the world health organization out we all have trained scientific observers and recorders in each and every country to record these things so the answer is this what I dug up and I went to the United States Embassy and I have a United States Embassy fact sheet of activity at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. What I'm going to read you because I think people should hear this to help alleviate any concerns. Mm-hmm. I think it is possible to manufacture viruses these days. Biological warfare has been around six, God, uh, 600 B.C. Okay, in different formats, same concepts. Okay, Office of the Spokesperson, and I'm going to read this to you verbatim. For more than a year, the Chinese Communist Party systemically prevented a transparent and thorough investigation of the COVID-19 pandemic's origin, choosing instead to devote enormous resource to deceit and disinformation. Nearly 2 million people have died. Their families, and that's of January 15th-ish, their families deserve to know the truth. Only through transparency can we learn what caused this pandemic and how to prevent the next one. The U.S. government does not know exactly where, when, or how the COVID-19 virus, known as SARS-CoV-2, was transmitted initially to humans. We have not determined whether the outbreak began through contact with infected animals or was a result of an accident at a laboratory in Wuhan, China. The virus could have emerged naturally from human contact with infected animals, spreading in a pattern consistent with a natural epidemic. Alternatively, a laboratory laboratory accident could resemble a natural outbreak if the initial exposure included only a few individuals, only a few individuals, and this is why we limit restriction visiting in the hospital. If the initial exposure included only a few individuals was compounded by asymptomatic infection, and that's the troublemaker. Scientists in China have researched animal-derived coronaviruses under conditions that increase the risk for accidental and potentially unwitting exposure. Uh, The CCP's deadly obsession with secrecy and control 
comes at the expense of public health in China and around the world. The previously undisclosed information in this fact sheet combined with open source reporting highlights three elements about COVID-19's origin that deserve greater syncrasy. And again, this is from our United States Embassy China regarding the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Okay, illnesses inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology, WIV, the US government has reason to believe that several researchers inside the WIV became infected. Mm -hmm. It came in the autumn of 2019 before the first identified case of the outbreak, with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and common seasonal illnesses. This raises questions about the credibility of WIV senior researcher Xi Zhengli's public claim that there were zero infection among WIV staff and students of SARS-CoV-2 or SARS-related viruses. Accidental infections in labs have caused several previous virus outbreaks in China and elsewhere, including a 2004 SARS outbreak in Beijing that infected nine people, killing one. The CCP, or the Communist Party of China, has prevented independent journalists, investigators, and global health authorities from interviewing researchers at the WIV, including those who were ill in the fall of 2019. Any incredible inquiry into the origin of the virus must include interviews with these researchers and a full accounting of their previously unreported illness. Here's the second part. Research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And don't you find it odd that the virus started there, that their Institute of Virology was in Wuhan and they've had prior outbreaks? Yeah, okay, starting like in, yeah. yeah, right. Starting in at least 2016 with no indication of a stop prior to the COVID-19 outbreak. WIV researchers conducted experiments involving RATG13, the bat coronavirus, identified by the WIV in January 2020 as its closest sample to SARS-CoV-2. The genetics of this was 96.2% similar. That's huge. The WIV became a focal point for international coronavirus research after the 2003 SARS outbreak and has since studied animals, including mice, bats, and pangolins. The WIV has a published record of conducting, they're calling it quote unquote, gain of function, research to engineer chimeric viruses. But the WIV has not been transparent or consistent about its record of studying viruses, most similar to the COVID-19 virus, including the RATG13 or the bat virus, the COVID-19, which it sampled from a cave in a Yunnan province in 2013, after several miners had died of SARS-like symptoms. Mm. World, World health investigators must have access to the records of the WIV's work on bat and other coronaviruses before the COVID-19 outbreak. As a part of a thorough inquiry, they must have a full accounting of why the WIV altered and then removed online records of its work with uh, the RATG13 or the, the bat coronavirus. Here's a second one. Secret military activity at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Secrecy and non-disclosure are standard practice for Beijing. For many years, the United States has publicly raised concerns about China's past biological weapons work, which Beijing has neither documented nor demonstrated, eliminated despite its clear obligations under the Biological Weapons Convention. That's a good thing to remember because 1975-ish, we came up and said, None of us should be making biological weapons, but they didn't have any policy with meter bones to it. 
that would actually stop you from conducting biological warfare. They're studying, oh, we're studying it to prevent. So there's a lot around that. Despite the, the WIV presenting itself as a civilian institution, the United States has determined that the WIV has collaborated on publications and secret projects with China's military. Uh, and last bit of it, which has engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military since at least 2017. The United States and other donors who funded or collaborated on civilian research at the WIV have a right and obligation to determine whether any of our research funding was diverted to secret Chinese military projects at the WIV. Today's revelations to scratch the surface of what is still hidden about COVID-19's origin in China, any credible investigation into the origin of COVID-19 demands complete transparent access to the research labs in Wuhan, including their facilities, samples, personnel, and records. And, you know, they'll go through there and test every inch of it. We are just now allowed access, the World Health Organization with members from all around the world, to go in and investigate that site. As the world continues to battle the pandemic and the World Health Organization investigations continue, more than a year later, the virus's origin remains uncertain. The United States will continue to do everything it can to support a credible, thorough investigation, including by continuing to, to ban transparency. So what I found very interesting at first, while they say, oh, it's not, oh, it's a hoax. Well, that information was being fed to us by China, not to us by us. It may or may not have been being tested for, you know, the population to be safe, or it may or may not have been being tested so that it could be biological warfare. I mean, it's just a giant question mark. There's no saying. Well, right. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I think. If I'm going to develop a biological weapon and you're my enemy and I want to kill you and I want to take over everything you have, because that's kind of the bonus parts of having a war is I get your stuff. Yeah. I, I would have an antidote before I would use it, right? Sure. Keep your own troops safe. Yeah. I'd already have a vaccine. I would have already vaccine, vaccinated everybody. It would all be good. And, and I could contain the spread. They didn't. That's why they, that's my theory. That's why they shut it all down and built those hospitals so quickly. I mean, we can't even get a road paved decently in a week out here. <laughs> How could you build those huge hospitals yeah. that quickly? So I think they did know what they were up against and dealing. It was an accident. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was a laboratory lab accident. It infected yeah. asymptomatic healthy adult carriers who then carried it outside of the lab. Yeah. And we've had other things happen in Wuhan as well. Interestingly enough, Wuhan area is very impoverished. So I guess that is a good place to put your virology institute if you don't, if you want to kill off your weakest members of society first. Yeah, man, I mean, that sounds like period. <clears throat> China's <laughs> overpopulated. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. And I, I just threw it out there. So. Yeah, it is. Think about it. We have used bioterrorism since the beginning. You know, we, we would, at one point, uh, like the first record of was like 600 BC, uh, poisonous herbs. Um, 1155, Emperor Barbosa poisons water wells of human bodies in Italy. Yeah. Uh, plague victims. We would throw plague victims over the city walls of Kaffa during the Crimean War. Uh, the Spanish, 1495, they were lovely. They, they mixed wine with blood of leprosy patients to sell oh, to their French enemies. Okay. We, we, we did it to our own Native Americans, the blankets. Yes, 
Infectious clothes. Yeah. So United States been known to do it too. So we're no we're no it. saints. Oh no, we've all done it. Confederates during 1863, the Confederates sold clothing from yellow fever and smallpox to Union troops. We did it to our own people. Uh, and, and as far as the Indians too, we the British in 1763 distributed um, blankets from smallpox patients to the Native Americans. Oh, I want to cry. All right now, World War One, the two Japanese used plague, anthrax, other diseases. Several countries, Germany's done the same thing. 1988, Iraq used mustard gas, sarin, kebum against Iran and ethnic groups. We used stuff during the Persian Gulf War. Uh, 1995, they were releasing uh, sarin gas into the Tokyo subway system. So I'm going to take that one step further for you. The CDC, the Center of Disease Control, initially started to try to control, manage, and treat malaria. Since then, and really go to the CDC website. They, they even have a policy if we were to have a zombie apocalypse. They do. I saw it's, that. <laughs> it's there. And per them, currently, bioterrorist agents, diseases used as weaponry, anthrax, botulism, um, glanders disease, cholera, clostridium botulinum, which is botulism, um, the Ebola virus. This all comes from our government. Uh, well, salmonella, glanders, Lassa fever, Marburg virus, plague, Q fever. Um, let's get into some more. Typhoid, typhus tuberculosis, uh, smallpox, cholera, water safety. So would you be hesitant if uh, our government pointing the finger at another government <laughs> and saying they're the cause, not us? You know, it's, well, it's, just, it's just a funny thought, I thought. Um, well, the the bad thing is, we, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go I have finish with that thought. We, we have an institute we put together a program that said, let's quit killing each other with biological weapons, but they never developed it further beyond that. Yeah. We don't know what's going on in everyone else's laboratories and each and every country does have labs with biological weapons, but we're supposed to maintain the agreement not to use them because you really don't know how far a pandemic is going to go. Eventually, Years from now, maybe, maybe let's say in five to 10 years, this virus will be like people are having babies right now. It'll be a common cold flu type of thing. You treat okay. it at home with your Theraflu, your Tylenol. But until you get that herd immunity, which you can only achieve with a vaccine, people are going to get sick and sicker. And with this mask mandate going on, this Brazilian variant, there's over 17 different genetic changes on the virus proper, wow. which means vaccines won't work as well. Now we have up 17 states today. They're all going without their masks. Woo-hoo. You know, you're partying ahead of time because you're going to probably see another wave. Then people say we got to open the country. Guess what? The virus is controlling everything right now. Yeah. If we're smart with the virus, You'll help your own economy. You just dump $6 trillion in a year. And then you have all these states deciding, oh, I know more than Dr. Fauci and all the world experts. We're going to take off our masks and have a good time. Guess what? You are creating another surge with a more deadlier form of COVID. That's the real concern. And that's really why we want people to get vaccinated now. Start building your immunity. 
And I can't stress it enough. If you, your arm's going to be sore, they will sit you down, observe you for a reaction. If you're going to have an allergic reaction. But for me, it's a no-brainer. I would get vaccinated because you don't know. And the long-haul syndromes of this, the symptoms, some people in one country, 22% of the population, this is younger adults, like our age group and younger, were not able to return to work six months later. It permanently disabled them. And, and to me, that's not a normal cold or flu. No. It's heart damage, lung damage, muscle damage, bone, every, your whole body, your nervous system, your organs, your brain. They're finding young adults. And the, the sequelae of COVID, a couple of weeks later, you're, you're feeling fine and dandy, and then you don't feel good again. It's like you're getting reinfected. And even in young adults, we're finding heart changes, permanent heart damage, and in some, we're finding... Uh, lung damage. And the word it says on the x-rays is ground glass opacities. It looks like ground of glass in your lungs. That's why we call it that. Oh, no. But that's permanent lung damage. So now that you have that lung damage, your future infections, diseases, issues as you age, you have a compromised respiratory system now. And everything is interconnected. But I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm very passionate about this stuff. I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> okay, I'll get back to it. But please, I want people to get vaccinated. Wear your mask. And when you use masks, remove them from the ears. Do not grab the outside of the face mask because that's considered contaminated. And although its majority is respiratory, the true fact of the matter is COVID without a mask can travel up to 13 feet, not six, but 13. But it's hard enough to get people to follow a six-foot boundary, yeah. let alone a third-foot one. Right. And when you go to the stores and you see people wearing the mask under their nose, you're still spreading virus. It's the same as not wearing the mask at all. Right. You want to make that your final word? Yes. Uh, everyone okay. should work on getting vaccinated. I okay. think that's... Uh, I, I'm okay. sorry. I... I love that conspiracy theory because the truth of the matter is it probably accidentally got out in their own lab, yeah. but they knew. It. You know, you know, when you, you contaminate your lab and the fact that you would build those hospitals so quickly like that, the only way to know to build that many hospitals that quickly is that, you know, it's got out. You know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Right. Why would any government waste money otherwise? <laughs> and everyone out there, please. Yeah, I, I want everyone to get vaccinated. It's your life. It's your health. And do it for the people around you, your elderly parents, your partners, husbands, wife. Nobody knows another person's complete health until that person has a health crisis. You don't know if someone has cancer or asthma or any other disease until they exhibit actual symptoms. And that's right. what we mean by underlying conditions. A lot of us have things going on with us that we think we're 100% healthy. And the truth of the matter is, no, we don't know. We don't know. A lot of people can't afford health care. And unless you're getting a good head-to-toe test, you don't know. But are you opening yourself up to a world of trouble by not getting vaccinated? I'd say yes. One, protect yourself, but two, so you don't lose the people you love. Because we really don't know. This is a brand-new virus. And that's all I got to say. Wear your mask, wash your hands, get a, get a shot now. 
if they tell me I don't have to wear the mask after getting the shot, I get the shot. But <laughs> you might have had you have the shot, but you should still wear the mask. I'm just saying okay. me. I'm just saying me. Yeah. Oh, here's a clarifier for you. Mm-hmm. The Pfizer vaccine is 95 percent effective in preventing you from getting COVID. However, it does not stop you from asymptomatically spreading COVID to me. The Moderna does. But the, the goal is, if, if you get infected, you don't end up in a hospital, you don't end up on a ventilator, and you don't take anybody else out of this life with you. Mary, thank you. You're welcome. We had a lot of stuff we didn't get to cover, but I'm sorry, hey, that was a good I think you got to the important stuff, okay? the uh, I got to play devil's advocate at times. Sometimes oh, I'm oh, the definitely. devil. Sometimes I'm the devil. But it's, you know, it's good because people have the thoughts anyways. And so it's good okay. to hear the response. All right. Um, oh, yeah, it's part of the human condition. And if, uh, some people think if the vaccines were killing people, we have over 87 million vaccines done. It would be all over the TV. Yeah. But And China's also putting conspiracy out there in our social media to sabotage our people from taking the vaccine as well. Oh, I'm sure they were there. Yeah, they love getting in social media. But here's one important tip. Everybody has their ideas and they wanna know what to do. Google NIH.gov. NIH.gov, you can type in in the Dropbox, uh, vitamin D and COVID. Use of curcumin in COVID. You know, in the poor countries in Ayurvedic medicine, some of them want to use the curcumin as treatment for COVID, but is it a cure or prevent it? No. Take it now so that if you were to catch it, you're not going to get it that bad, hopefully. And that's not a replacement for vaccine. But, you know, stay healthy. Don't drink a lot. Minimize your stress. Take some vitamin D and curcumin. Get the shot and continue on. I did some uh, research because after after listening to Fuji and all of them, you hear about protein, protein, protein. So it's like, let me do a, uh, let's let me do a little search on COVID and taking a abundance of protein. And I did, and it took me to the medical websites. Right. And most of them will basically say. And you tie it in. Our nutrition in this country and most countries suck. Okay? Period. Oh. Um, as far as what people eat and take in and all that. And that knows I've gone on off. I overdo things. So I've gone on basically no garbage at all. Um, okay. I've been doing the vitamin. I've been doing over the last year, Mary. I, I lost 90 pounds in like nine months. Um, wow. But good, good amount of protein, good amount of veg, vegetables every day. Right. Um, vitamin D every day with um, zinc and some other stuff. And, vitamin C. Uh, no, no vitamin C. Um, yeah, that's not really required. The vitamin D, the zinc, the magnesium. Um, basically, I took the stuff from the bodybuilding field um, as far as interest. But what it says is. People with good nutritional don't need anything. 
number one. Number two, it's almost because it says people that are nutritional and have healthy, that are, what, what's the word I'm saying? I'm looking for um, immune because immune. nutrition equals immune system. Definitely. That they're, the not, they're, not, of- they're not hit as hard with this virus as people well, who are doing the junk stuff. And it's like, okay, can why aren't they pushing that too along with taking the shot and everything else? I mean, could you imagine a combination of the both? Well, you know, the, the, the saddest part of our healthcare system and our society as a whole, that old sayings of an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure is the truth. Mm-hmm. But People rather go to McDonald's and get their 99 cent cheeseburger or pop full of phosphoric acid. Also, understand all plants since the beginning, all medicines until we develop biologics came from plants and animals. Right. Good nutrition. Yes. But the fast food, uh, the industrial age where we started all these chemicals and preservatives, that damages us. The fact that we consume a lot of. Uh, GMOs in our country. That's mutated virus seeds. What you eat, you become. You know, if you eat crap, you'll feel like crap. Vitamin D is so important because in the U.S., the Midwest, other countries, we don't get enough vitamin D and we are vitamin D sufficient. When you are vitamin D sufficient, you are more prone to all respiratory viruses, heart disease, diabetes, cancer. Now, during normal daylight hours, if you can get out in the sun, because, you know, they tell you, oh, don't get a sunburn. You go outside every day, expose your skin to the sun for 15 minutes. You get enough daily allotment of vitamin D. After that, put on your sunscreen. However, taking a vitamin D supplement, some people don't like milk. Some people don't want to eat the healthy food that contains vitamin D. They're deficient, and the viruses love it. It helps it multiply in in the cellular structures. It spreads infection. But when you have that strong of an immune system, your body's going to be like, get out of here. The curcumin I love, that too. Harvard published some studies, I want to say it's a decade ago, in saying that all diseases, all diseases originate from an inflammatory state heart disease, cancers, everything that you can think of. If you eat well, you are not in an inflamed state. So if you're not in a state of continuous inflammation, you're well. Think about the cytokine storm. It's your body. Cytokines are part of your immune response and white blood cells and T lymphocytes, all the stuff. It's all being happening at once trying to fight a massive infection instead of helping to fight the infection it helps spread the infection and shutting down the rest of your body and it kills you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. Eating healthy is always been the answer and medicine, food. That's the right thing. Ed. You had it right. Food is medicine. Good nutrition is medicine. Too much red meat causes cancer. It's proven. But again, we, we filled ourselves with so many chemicals. And the only way your body can digest food of any kind, no matter if it's really healthy or crap, it has to recognize its structure to break it down into usable energy. 
So oh, that, if, that's, if, that's a fact. I mean, uh, it's a medical fact. I got to work out four to five days a week or else. Good. Yeah. But the thing is, that's a perfect example. When they did the total cholesterol, you know, I got the numbers in front of me. Doctor right. was, it was like the best he's ever seen. Now, remember, this is over nine months because I go yearly and uh, the numbers have cholesterol is only 135. Good. Yeah. And, and you uh, know what's interesting too? Before we gave people all the uh, uh, the cholesterol meds to lower your the Lipitor to lower cholesterol, mm-hmm. fish, fish oil was our first that we used to help naturally drop your cholesterol. And fish should be a part of everyone's diet, but I don't know that many people who eat it consistently on a routine basis. I, it's yeah, it's it's got to say if people. You know, if you're looking to, I mean, like I said, even if you lose 20 pounds, you've already had uh, great things. I go extremes, 90 pounds. I'm going for a hundred and something, but you, God, do you can do that. God bless you. Yeah. You do, uh, do it. even 20 pounds. That, that makes you feel great. I mean, you do feel better. So Mary, thank you. You're welcome. I hope for, uh, for joining in. Yeah. You, you provided enough. Uh, you should actually write a little blog um, about all this and uh, maybe in the future we'll come across another uh, something to bring you on I definitely ain't going to bring you on when we have this conspiracy guy Um, (laughs) but uh, you guys will be arguing for the whole hour Um, well you know that with the conspiracy stuff this stuff's been around forever biological warfare's been around forever But it's I not like beneath it. anything. It's not be. That's be, it's not beneath humanity. We've been doing it since time began. But I'd like to thank you, and uh, you're welcome. And we will be talking to you, listeners. Stay tuned. We will be back. Thank Thanks you, Mary. Okay. Thank you, Mary. What? You're welcome thank very you. much. I can hang up now, right? No, don't hang up. Don't hang up. I'm okay. just stopping the recording. So okay. Don't hang up. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. Listener viewers, I should say. I hope you enjoyed that uh, segment with Nurse Mary. I'd like to thank Annette for uh, inviting her on. Um, And in the near future, and we're thinking probably the next recording, if I could arrange it, we're going to have an individual, something I firmly believe in. Maybe even Annette likes the concept a little, I don't know. Catholic witches, all right? And if you look, don't look at, no, these guys, no, this is very, it'll be very good because the guy, a lot of history about the Catholics, uh, the mass, and why do I love, why do I like Catholic mass over the other masses as far as Christians go? Um, Because it's all ceremonies. From the garb down to, you know, repetitive ceremony type of situation. Yeah. So, um, which is cool. Then we're going to have a individual in the future also on conspiracies and we might bring back somebody that's because of the organization he belongs to. Everybody thinks it's conspiracy. Okay. It's secret society in there. We may bring back our Mason friend, Steve. So, uh, to participate in that one. Um, 
who knows where that'll go but uh, <laughs> about masons just mostly about you know what are they doing what is it that they do are they community servants i just want to know more about what oh, you're I'm, I'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you the link that yeah. me and steve did an interview um at his house for the show and i'll give you the link to that it's up there folks um he talks about it and um what's the oh for those that don't know you have to be a mason first before you become a shriner shriners are masons so you didn't uh, even know that yeah that's a higher the guys running around a little go-karts and stuff yeah they're little cute hats yeah yeah those are higher ranking um, masons so oh, yeah. see, i didn't know that cool yeah, whole different uh whole different thing i've been invited to join uh but i don't have the time and like some people say oh you try to take it over it um but <laughs> so so uh and that's thank you it's been a long day with the interviews and stuff and uh listeners thank you i hope you enjoyed it feel free to like it feel free to subscribe to us and feel free to find us on youtube if you're listening to this on um one of the streaming lines find us on youtube find me on all over from instagram you know stuff like that so annette enjoy your week and we will talk to you later bye bye